0: So, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! It is a a joy to see you all here on this holy night. And if you are worshiping with us for the first time, or if you are back after a long absence, then I especially want to welcome you. Please know that we feel honored that you've chosen to spend a bit of your Christmas with us. And please know, too, that when it's time for communion, all who feel so drawn are welcome to receive communion. No matter what you believe or don't believe, and wherever you are on your spiritual journey, please know that you are welcome at Christ's table. So I'd like to begin this evening with one of those minute mysteries. Do you all remember those minute mysteries? They're these little riddles that are meant to stretch your brain They go something like this. A man dressed completely in black is walking down a road. There are no lights on anywhere, and the moon is not out. A car is driving down that very same road without its lights on. How did the car avoid hitting the man? Nobody? I stumped you all? No, 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 no. It was daytime. (laughs) That joke works better at night because you guys are here in the dark, and so... All right, I'm going to give you one more chance. You find yourself in a cabin. You have only one match. You need to light a lantern a gas stove, a pilot light for your water heater, and a fire in the fireplace. What do you light first? Match. The match! Yes! <laughs> the match! Of course, you light the match first, right? I always found that one really obnoxious. So... If you want more of these, they're, they're whole books of these little things, these little mysteries. I used to have several of them when I was growing up, um, and I have to admit that I, I was never very good at them. I also missed the joke, I mean, the, the riddle about the driving at night. I never seemed to have the patience to keep myself from turning to the back of the book and finding out the answer. But I also came to find them annoying because their mystery existed on the surface. These little riddles, they always rely on tricks or they rely on word play or they rely on prejudice. Once you know the answer, then all the mystery is gone. And more than that, they hardly seem like mysteries at all once you know the answer. I think our, our culture often thinks of mystery in a similar way. We think of mystery as something that evaporates once we have a bit more information or when we get our perspective right. We think that solving a mystery is simply a matter of gathering up all of the relevant relevant evidence and arranging it in, in, in such a way so as to make sense of the world. And certainly there are mysteries of this sort, The questions of science strike me as a a fitting example of this sort of mystery. The power of the scientific method is that it it collects the available evidence together to, to fashion theories to make sense of our world. And the mystery is in some sense resolved once it has been fully explored. But interestingly, scientists will often tell you that Reality only becomes more mysterious for having been explored and studied, and not less. And to my mind, this suggests that there is something mysterious about mystery. For real mysteries are not exhausted through explanation from the available evidence. As an example, take the mystery of falling in love— now, a biologist can tell you what is happening physiologically. A psychologist can tell you what is happening emotionally and mentally. Perhaps a sociologist or, or a cultural anthropologist could supply you with relevant data that might illuminate your understanding of what happens when one falls in love. And yet, even if our scientists had perfect knowledge and they had all of the information, there would be some element of the experience, some aspect of the reality of falling in love that could never be summed up by a scientific explanation. In fact, I would go so far as to say, I think that, that science, if you left it just up to science, would miss the mark. If you told your best friend that you had fallen in love and they replied by explaining what was happening to you biologically and psychologically, then you might be justified in trying to find a new best friend. (laughs) Instead, to get at the mystery of falling in love, then you would be better served by turning to poetry or to music or to art. Only these things could, could give voice to the depth of the experience. But even these would, would never give complete voice to the mystery of love. They would be like a finger pointing to the moon. The finger might point in the right direction, but it would, it would never be the moon itself. There are mysteries the human experience that only become deeper for having been encountered and explored. To live without a sense of mystery is to find ourselves impoverished and to deny something essential about our lives. This is a night of mystery. The story is well known in an age where where many people know next to nothing about the Bible or the stories of the faith. This story, the story of the birth of Jesus, is familiar to most. Mary and Joseph are, are forced to travel to Bethlehem from their home in Nazareth for an imperial census. Mary is pregnant and about to give birth But when they arrive in Bethlehem, there is no room for them at the inn. Mary's child, therefore, is born and laid in a manger wrapped in strips of cloth. So comes Jesus into our world. Nearby, shepherds are tending their flocks at night, and and an angel appears and proclaims to those terrified shepherds that they are not to be afraid. For the angels come bearing good news. For to those shepherds and to the whole world a child has been born, who is the Christ, but in the Lord. And then the angel is joined by a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and singing out. After the angels depart, the shepherds go and they find the baby. And all are amazed at the shepherd's story. And Mary treasures their words and ponders them in her heart. And after having seen Jesus, the shepherds depart, thanking God for what God has begun in Jesus. The story is shot through with mystery. By the happen chance of, of world affairs, Jesus is born in Bethlehem and not in Nazareth, and thus fulfills prophecy. When the Holy Family arrives in Bethlehem, there is no room for Jesus. And so the king of kings is born in the margins in solidarity with the least and the lost. The angels do not appear to the righteous or the powerful or to the wise, but rather to poor shepherds. The mystery of these events are a window into the heart and mind of God. For these events speak to the mystery of God, not a generic God, but the God who speaks a word of love to us in a human being and in a human life. In Jesus, God assumes and makes God's own, a human story and a human experience. In Jesus, we are given the mystery of God's presence in hiddenness, but also in the enfleshment of a full human life. Here, here is the mystery of God's presence in the suffering and brokenness of this world. Here is the mystery of God's solidarity with the poor and the hopeless, the refugee and the exiled. Here, and throughout the whole of Jesus' life, we see God's presence amidst the sorrow and misery, loneliness, and guilt that so mark our lives. Here, we discover the mystery of of unexpected grace and the frustration and alienation of our lives. Here, is God giving God's very self to us, to you, in simplicity and ordinariness and the lowliness and powerlessness and vulnerability of a baby. Here is God giving God's self to us in common and everyday event, the common and everyday event of a poor baby being born at the edge of a sprawling empire. Here, we see God turn toward all of those places from which we long to turn away. Here, we see God's presence in the places from which we long to escape. For indeed, Jesus is born and laid in a manger because there is no room for him in the inn. And here, here is the mystery God giving God's self to us again in ancient story, in music and song, in bread and wine, in the faces of one another, and to the people outside and in the people outside these walls. To turn toward those people who are vulnerable, fearful, and insecure, and to seek with them justice and peace, is indeed to turn toward God. Tonight, tonight is a night of mystery. Tonight we are to enter into the mystery of our experience, the mystery of the, of the beauty and the joy and the sorrow of our lives. And as we enter into the mystery of our own lives, we do so in the light of the mystery of God among us. The mystery of God for us. For us. In the gift of the birth of Jesus Christ. We do not need to have it all figured out or nailed down. Tonight, tonight we can revel in the beauty and in the wonder. Tonight, Maybe we allow ourselves a bit of faith. Maybe we allow ourselves a bit of hope in the midst of the brokenness of our world. And so the invitation, the invitation is to open ourselves up in wonder to this mystery that can never be exhausted we are invited to open ourselves to the mystery of God's presence in our midst. We are to open ourselves in wonder and awe to the vulnerability of God, to the wonder of the love of God made known to us in Jesus Christ. For the love of God is present, present in our lives, present in our hearts through the light and the mystery of the Christ child. Amen.